out of my voice as we bring you in in this intro now is the time to share this with five of your friends that need to hear this because tonight's topic is stop talking to yourself stop talking to yourself stop talking to yourself what was that stop talking to yourself everybody say it because you don't know who lives here. Portals. Stop talking to yourself. Stop talking to yourself. Portals. 
live yet and we've already started oh wow i thought we were live i was about to go we are gonna have that track one more time you've got another two minutes two minutes to go get your friends okay my team is telling me they like to talk to themselves your friends this is really crazy you can only hear my voice you can't actually see my face at the moment but we're giving you opportunity to go and get your friends tell them portals is live go and get your friends because he's about to blow your mind jesus jesus unless he blows your mind that's right stop talking to yourself Stop talking to yourself. Wow. Gonna cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Go and get your friends. Go and put us aside. Go and get your friends. Cause we are about to blow your mind. Go and get your friends. Tell them put us aside. Go and get your friends. Cause he's about to blow your mind. Sound of a junior portal. A new generation. Next level. Alright, your time is almost over. We're about to go in. Have you told your friends that Portals is live? Because we are about to dive in. We're about to go in. Because we got some people that need to stop talking to themselves. So we gotta get the children sorted out because we're going in. Here we go. At the end of this song, we're in. Three, two, three, two, one. Wow. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Okay. Hi. I can't hear you. I know, right? I'm not sure why. I'm t- am I talking loud enough? Maybe I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Maybe you are. I'm done. <laughs> Anywho, hello everyone. My name is Shenanis and I'll be your host for tonight. However, we have a special panel tonight. But before I spoil the surprise i would like to introduce pastor nathan cassis hello everybody thank you for being with us pastor nelly cassis hey everyone and a special special guest 
joining us on the panel officially, the adult panel at that, our junior member, Karen Cassis. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, can we give our gym ahead of time? And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. So we got junior portals with us tonight. Yeah, we are doing a mashup of a junior portal with uh, Karen joining us on our panel. Uh, I'm excited about this because I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to converse with Karen. But, and I say this gently because she definitely plays her age. It's not that she is an adult, but sometimes she has the wisdom that will pierce through your heart and your thinking and challenge your thinking. It really does. She, she's called me out on a few things before, and I'm like, wow, it's Karen is, yeah, you're right. I can't refute that. Um, so Karen, I am so excited to have you on here because we all can attest that you have such a dynamic relationship with the Lord. And that's what Portals is about. We are all out here trying to teach the people how to have a better relationship with God. Do you agree? Yes. Of course. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a great listener from Portals as well because I know you listen to Portals. But we can't wait to hear what the Lord drops in you. Because sometimes, you know, in Portal's fashion, we start subportaling and the gems be dropping. That's right. So I'm sure the Lord will drop some gems in you tonight. Are you? Is your pockets empty? Nope. Oh, we got to empty them now. We got to empty your pockets so you can fill them up with gems when they come down from heaven, okay? Put your hands in your pocket. <laughs> Turn them inside out. Right. Now your pockets are empty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought you were about to say turn yourself about. Anywho, we have <clears throat> an interesting portal tonight. And I say it's interesting because I'm sure I um, feel a little manifesty already. <laughs> so don't judge me. Okay, people, because this is what I need for me. Yes, it's going to be a crispy, crispy, crispy season in this portal. So, Pastor Nathan, do what you do. Let's talk about what we called it. Yes. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> I think you need it's to It's great be to have, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's great to have Karen on here and my beautiful wife. Three generations of Cassis women sitting on that table right there. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm really, really um, excited to hear Karen bring out the faith, the childlike faith yeah. and that kind of view because that's something that I'm learning that we've lost. You know, the simplicity, but yet faith is so simple, but yet it's so deep at the same it's time. It's deep, yeah. You know, so don't want to be childish, want to be childlike. So Karen has a great amount of wisdom and she teaches me many, many times during the day about listening to God's voice and she has an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. She really does. Yeah. So um, it's great to have her with us. I think Pastor Robin wanted to call this one Stop Talking to Yourself. Yeah. And just to mention about Karen, Karen has this ability not to talk to herself. She sure does. 
if she is going to talk something out that is not um, in agreement, she usually verbalises it. She doesn't silently speak it in her heart because she knows the Holy Spirit and therefore she knows that she will be one to ask the Lord mm. what's going on. Well, Taryn, for the next hour and 40 minutes, you are entering a new dimension. So strap in. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about not talking to yourself. And we called it Stop Talking to Yourself because everybody in the world says that, you know, stop talking to yourself. Um, and I, I think, Dr. Robin, you had heard from the Holy Spirit that this was something that needed to be portaled on. Yeah. Our last portal, principle, no, people over principle. Yeah. Was a very, very big success. So many people told it's us It's always that, leading somewhere. Yeah. And so many people told us that that portal was really just mind-blowing. Yes, we use those adjectives, but life-changing because understanding that God is more interested in the heart of the person than the principle of the work that the person does. Well, that um, would explain very, very why liberating. we should listen to the, the Holy Spirit, not talk to ourselves, because yeah. it is all about people, yeah. including ourselves. Um. So... Um, why don't you start us off, Dr. Robin, because this was your portal, and I will come in with some scripture, <laughs> some science, for sure, and a little biology. Well, it really comes down to, um, you know, and we talked about this and uh, shared on this in teachings about when you want to hear what is going on or inquire to what's happening, you sit in the presence of the Lord and he counsels you, okay? And then what you do, you hear him and, you're, and then you wait on him to see what he does as a result of that counsel. But when you sit in the counsel of yourself, you begin to talk to yourself and you, you, can, you convince yourself, you will not convict yourself, you'll not come under conviction, you will convince yourself, and you will, if you're talking about someone else, there will never be a conviction, there'll never be a repentance. Yeah. So this bothers me because... We say we want to sit in the counsel of God and be counseled by the great counsellor, the wonderful counsellor. But only the wonderful counsellor counsels you when you sit in his presence. You can't sit in your own presence and then be counselled by the Holy Spirit. This, this is something that concerns me. Yeah. Because we, when we counsel ourselves, we make decisions for ourselves, Ugh. but then we want God to be, be, be responsible <laughs> for our decisions. Okay. It's already burning up here. And I think we talked about this a little bit on the um, Sunday message where we talked about 
um, suggestibility and I brought out, you know, when we talk to ourselves, we're actually in that fight or flight state of stress and we're hypnotizing ourselves back yeah. into the subtle invisible beliefs. Because this is something that I think we need to establish. When you talk to yourself, at what level are you talking to yourself? Is yeah. it in your heart or is it in your soul? I'm asking, what would you think it would be? Mm, I believe when I actually talk to myself, it's from my heart. It's true. It is in your heart. And most people would think, oh, it's a mind thing. But it's actually your heart because your heart is creating belief. And your voice is the loudest voice out of all the voices because it sounds like you. So when you talk to yourself, it's in actually the layer of your heart. And we're going to talk on a, a process that I'm going to do with Pastor Robin about evidence and how with our hearts, our hearts can either back us up with our beliefs and what we say, or they can kind of, what Luke says in his gospel is they can condemn us. And your heart will condemn you when what you say and what you live are different from what you believe. And yeah. that's when we feel beyond the anger, beyond the guilt, beyond the, you know, offenses. That's when we feel deep down like hypocrites. Because deep down we know that we are actually not living what we confess, you know. And so um, it's important to establish that self-talk happens on a heart level because it is your voice and you're already saying things that will be based on other things you believe. So anytime it's to do with believe, it's always to do with the heart. And this is why it's so dangerous because, well, let me bring out the good side. When demons talk to you, they don't talk to you on a heart level. They talk to you on a soul level. Yeah. So a demon's voice in reality is not even as strong as your own voice because your voice is on the heart level and your voice has the ability to change belief. Demons can't change belief. They can only change emotion. So that it's a mindset. Let that land. Demons can't change belief. A demon has to get you to agree with what it feels, but you have to take on a different belief. Oh, you know that demon of rejection? That demon can't change your belief. You have to choose to believe it. Again, on a yeah. heart level, you have to talk yourself into it. So and it's it, very, very yeah. powerful. It's involved in mindsets. Yeah. But mindsets are the first layer. Self-talk goes deeper than the mind. Yeah. It goes deeper than the brain. It's actually a heart thing mm -hmm. because your heart is creating a belief That's about what you want to talk to yourself about. System. Yeah. So I think the first scriptural um, uh, thing that we can look at is, um, and it's funny because Isaiah says it in his gospel um, when he talks about, sorry, in his, in his book when he talks about Lucifer. And he starts out and he says, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit. The five I wills, right? There's another scripture. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. So why I'm bringing this out is because we've got to understand the power of talking in the heart level. When we use it the way that God has intended it, it brings life. But when we use it in the way that we're talking about tonight and we do it void of the Holy Spirit, we've got to understand that we're actually um, 
it, our voice becomes more powerful than the voice of God. Because your voice, because it sounds like you, will be the voice that you cling to the most. And that will create a lot of belief around what you're talking about. And, and that, in a way, can be masked. We can have that masked by believing sometimes that it's our voice, but it's another voice. You see, what you start gets out of control. Totally out of control. And this is a principle of God. We are to only talk to the Holy Spirit about God. You cannot talk to the devil about God. So I know your daughter wanted to say something to you. Why don't we ask her? Why can't demons change your belief? Because they don't generate belief. Maybe understand. What I mean, they don't create belief. Demons can't create anything. Satan can't create anything. He's a counterfeit, which means he only does what's already been or put in place by God. So that means... So God is the creator of all things. And because yeah. we're made in his image, with our imagination, we have the ability to create. So we use our imagination to create thoughts, create beliefs. Thoughts get written on our brain and our soul, but beliefs get written on our heart. That's what we believe. Also, like deep down here, you believe that you're loved by mummy and me and Nena. Mm. And no matter, sometimes you might have thoughts that tell you you're not, but you can go deeper than those thoughts and you can always come back to the heart belief that you're loved. And it's, it's because the devil doesn't create anything. Those things have to be there already. Like if something bad happens, he just uses it for something? Yeah. 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 He uses what's already there. Yeah. Very, very good. Because um, before we watched the movie, um, when you said, like, um, the soul, I was like, because um, demons go in the soul, not the heart, because they already know that Jesus is there, and they don't like Jesus. Mm, very true. Very true. S something about the heart is you have to rem remember that the heart takes input and information from two places. So it can take input from the spirit, but because it's connected to the soul, yeah. it can also dilute and pollute the information that it takes from the spirit and feed it through to the soul in an ungodly yeah, way. That's right. So it's not that our hearts are never, ever going to believe bad things because, funny enough, the self-talk that we talk inwardly to our heart will become the boundaries that we have to try and break when we come out of that self-talk. But the heart can never... Um, you, you mentioned that... Say that again because I had something on that. Yeah, the heart... Can takes, never take. It can take input from the spirit and the soul. Yes. But it does not output to the spirit. It outputs to the soul. Yeah. The spirit yeah. outputs to the heart and the heart outputs to the soul. But the heart can take input from the soul. It's a bifold work. Whereas the soul can take input from the heart and the body. But the heart takes input from the heart. Yes. 
And that can only be good. Yeah. That can't be bad. Yeah. It's got to be a soulish thing. Exactly. For it to be a bad so thing. So when you need to redeem the part, not redeem, but when you need to write on your, the, the Bible says, I've written this law on your hearts. Yeah. Well, what part was he writing on of the heart? If the heart is redeemed and the heart takes input of the spirit, he's not writing it on the part of the heart that is getting the flow from the spirit of God. No. That part is redeemed. He's saying on the part of the heart that's connected to the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, which in a nutshell is to do with belief, I need to write this law on your heart. So that so needs he's saying, to go. I'm writing it yeah. on the law of your heart to do with what you believe, what you choose. Because yes. God will never choose for us. That's so this, a, that's this comes down thing. to our heart conversation. Mm-hmm. And our heart conversation, our heart will only search out to find a belief um, or a way, something to hold on to that can bring more faith or more love or more this or more that. And so we have this understanding that our heart works like our soul and it doesn't yeah, no, it doesn't look i'm studying i've been doing this course now for a year and i've read this book three times and only now is it starting to land in me what the heart's purpose is you know and um i'm going to teach it at soap next year it's it's um, it's called heart physics and it's literally about learning to live on the heart level which is in the reality is just the abiding level it's just yeah. abiding but it's the deepest form. It's because I'll make a statement. What is the biggest hindrance to the spirit of God working, flowing, abiding, energizing in our lives? It's not our sin. It's our self-effort. Yeah. And I think that that is something that you're going to learn when you live on the heart level to be circumcised in the heart it's not like I don't, you know, I don't want to do the work, God. To live on a really, truly circumcised level, um, I'll put this story out there, you know. Um, I think a, a Pastor Tony said to me tonight on the way down, because I'd mixed it up, I called it Reuben and Judah. But it was Simeon and uh, Levi, yes. I believe. And um, they had gone, the story in the Old Testament, when the town's sons had done a wrong act with their sister and they were furious, furious about her purity being taken away. But because of how the Lord used it, but they said to these sons, right, if you want to be marrying into our culture and our culture married into you and go and circumcise yourselves, get all your sons, get all your men and circumcise them. Yeah. Right? And then they circumcised them. And then while they were still healing, Simeon and Levi took their brothers and their tribes and they went down and they attacked them. And God allowed it because they had a wrong motive, those other men. They wanted to, for the sake of trade and profit and money and sex and all that. So, But why I'm bringing that up is because what the Bible points out is really important is that a real state of circumcision 
leaves you inoperable. So what I mean by that is those men, while they were circumcised, they had to heal. They couldn't do anything. It's like the children of Israel. They were incapable. They and were they very left. incapable of moving. They, had, they literally just had to sit still. And so true circumcision of the heart doesn't, it's not a, oh, well, I'm going to fight to not do the work. No, no, no. If it's real circumcision of the heart, you can't do anything. You become incapable, immovable. You can't do anything. And that, that means then you are totally dependent. Vulnerable, like you've talked. And vulnerable on the Holy Spirit. So bringing it back to something like how could you then in a situation actually counsel yourself and think that you were being circumcised in oh. your heart. You cannot. That's the key. They are two opposites. Yeah, if true circumcision takes place, there is no self-effort. It's like you're like, you, you've been circumcised. God's cut away your foreskin, which is your self-effort. You're lying on a bed. You can't move. You've got to heal. You've got to take time. But we think as Christians are... We can go through this circumcision and still compete against the work that's already been done. You know, and I'm learning that one of the biggest, I said to Pastor on the way down, I used to think, okay, sin, maybe that is, you know, a deterrent for God. No, the biggest deterrent for the Lord is when you tell him that what Jesus did is not enough and that you have to help it along with your Christianese ideas, with your, you know, good intentions with your self-talk. Oh, I'm going to self-talk myself into helping you, God. Why don't we ask Karen a couple more questions? She might be getting a little tired. Oh, okay. Go for it, Karen. What do you think self-talk is? Um, it's like when you talk to yourself and you don't think the devil is like there watching you talk to yourself, but he really is. Might just think, oh, he won't hear me because he, um, God will protect me. But he's like, um, he's still watching you. So once you open your mouth, he's listening. Until you open your mouth, he has to wait. Yeah, because he doesn't read minds. So he can't read your mind, but he certainly can read your mouth. So do you think that? What do you think about the Holy Spirit and you counselling yourself what's the right thing to do or the Holy Spirit counselling you the right thing to do? Is there a difference? Yes. Because maybe you're, maybe you counselling yourself, you might not think it's God, um, you might not think it's ungodly, but it might be ungodly. Well, it's always ungodly. And then the Holy Spirit's counsel is always got, always godly because he's the Holy Spirit. And, and when wow. you, very good. And when you counsel yourself, you tell yourself what to do, what to say, what to think, and what, how to act. Is that a good thing? Mm, nope. Why? Because um, no, um, you don't interrupt yourself. Mm. 
you won't interrupt yourself. So what she's saying is if you're counselling yourself, you're not going to interrupt yourself. You'll listen to yourself. Is that what you say? Yeah. Wow. That's a very, very, a very, very strong gem. one. Very good one. What's your mum think? Well, sometimes you've come to me and you've told me things that you've said to yourself. What What made you stop thinking about talking to you? What made you stop talking to yourself? Um, what made me stop is when Dad said you can't talk to yourself. When I talk to myself, I'm like, no, Dad didn't, Dad didn't say you can talk to yourself. So I just, like, try to stop and, like, um, do that. Then you tell me what you said. So does that make it better? Do I, do I get to interrupt your thoughts then? Yes. So the moment you verbalise, the mummy can enter in and say, that's not true. Very good. Very, very good. And I think that the important thing, the important thing here is the damage that it does. This is the seriousness of it. Uh, we will go on a full conversation with ourselves about um, being disgruntled with someone, uh, resentful with someone, offended by someone. And then, Pastor, in that, what are we expecting? And we do. And we want the Holy Spirit to interrupt that and join in on the conversation. Well, he doesn't join in on a conversation. He's either there from the beginning. And something that Karen said is really important. And I'm going to kind of just like take it and dissect it and add some theology to it, okay? What Karen said is really important about what she says internally to remove the power of it, she verbalizes it externally. Yeah. And the problem is with self-talk, it's all internal information yep. that is based on fear. Self-talk is all about fear. Now let's go deeper. Why are you fearing? Because you believe, here we go, part of the heart that needs to be rewritten about belief that you lack something. The beginning of every temptation in life begins with the belief that you lack something. Lack love, lack money, lack power, lack acceptance, lack, lack authority, answers. lack answers, lack identity. So out of a fear, you begin to coach yourself into competing with what's already been finished so you can justify feeling like you're doing something to counteract the lack that you feel. Pastor, you cannot coach yourself on a finished work. Nope, not at you all. You cannot. Yep. So therefore, if you try to then you're in competition. If you were coaching yourself, mm. you would be in competition with yourself. See, because we coach ourselves, we also counsel ourselves. 
And so then we're doing it ourselves, for ourselves, to ourselves. And the only way you can receive an answer is nothing to do with you coaching yourself or, yeah. or counselling yourself. The only way, like, um, I want to go deeper with this because this is going to be really powerful for people to understand. When you begin to coach yourself because of the lack, the belief that you lack something, it creates a fear, fear which births a belief out of fear. So it's not being, the belief is not being birthed out of faith. And it's so not it's, being birthed out of hope. And it's not being birthed out of the counsel of the Holy Spirit. So and it, now the and belief... And no expectation. Please the, see that. Yeah, exactly. The belief is creating now what we call an invisible boundary that you have to live within. So when the Holy Spirit comes along and tries to counsel you because the boundary has been set by your glue of fear and belief... See, the heart can only live within the identity at the state of the moment that it's in. So that's your identity. You've taken on that identity. You've taken on that belief. So now you're caught. It's like a quicksand. You're caught. You can only work within that boundary. Yeah, the heart can't express a future identity until it lives it and experiences it now. So the beliefs that you're generating are what the heart will live in. It's what your identity will live in right now. But the key is this, once you're caught within those confines of that belief and that identity, what's really hard is for the Holy Spirit to come in and talk because now you have given so much evidence to your voice and the belief birthed out of fear that you lack that your voice has become the most persuasive of all voices. So the Holy Spirit tries to convict, he tries to convince, but now rather than spending time revealing himself, yeah. which is what he wants to do, he has to spend time persuading you yeah. that his belief for you is better. But 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 the Holy which is really, Spirit really. But the Holy Spirit doesn't work in persuasion. No, and this is the key. He he only convicts. Yep. And convinces. Yep. He does not persuade. No. And so now, like Pastor just said, because he won't persuade you, he that's doesn't not wait. Faith. He doesn't talk to you until you stop talking. And that persuading someone is not faith. Yeah, because he's not going to interrupt. Convincing is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he will not persuade you to change your mind. You make the decision to change your mind. And so this whole self-talk is about, it's about one word that is really, really not talked about in the church. And it's a way, again, of us competing with the finished work. It's called control. Yeah. By self-talking, we think we can control life, control our emotions, control our responses and so when the holy spirit comes in he says you know son and daughter i'm not going to fight to persuade you no. on this no so i'm going to wait until you've run out of self-talk mm. and i'm going to wait until you've decided to yield those invisible boundaries that you think are your identity in this moment and he will also wait 
until you realise you're competing with him. He will not compete with you. That's why he doesn't persuade you. He's not going to take something and convince and make you believe it. He will convince you if you want to believe it. So, the evidence in the heart is as a result of the heart searching in the presence of the Holy Spirit to find something that brings hope and expectation. Expectation does not work with negativity. Expectation is a part of faith and hope. And, and one thing that I think is um, really important here to do with self-talk, self-talk always presents itself the most when you venture into the unknown. Yeah. Okay, because it's unknown territory. And I think that we have to understand what is happening is that for so long we've used the old man who Paul says should be dead and put off, the old man method of survival. So this is not a, I want to help people here, this is not a willful, deliberately ignoring the Holy Spirit. No, but a it is willful, a delusion. It's a delusion, but it's not like I'm going to wake up today, Holy Spirit, and I'm going to self-talk to myself because I don't want to talk to you. Because we have hearts that have been redeemed. You know, I've given you a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. So there are parts of our heart that are written into his coding that say, no, my spirit wants to talk and commune with you. But the part of our heart that has to be rewritten is the part where we feel this tug of war. And I think it's important to say, because we've used this method for survival for so long, what has done is become natural. And, and it, it's the old man trying to pop back up out of the grave and say, let me live. But that's the negative side. I want to tell you what you think is your positive side in this. And that is when you self-talk, you actually believe you're talking to the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that is the biggest delusion of the, of the lot. Because... You ask yourself that question. If I'm talking to myself about something, can I convict myself? Can I convince myself? Can I counsel myself? No, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's a work of the Holy Spirit and it will never become your work. You will never convince yourself. Wow. And here's the key. If you do it, often passed up, then you won't find the evidence that you need from your heart. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on the process. That you won't. I can tell you now. Process. You a will not process. find it. Yeah. And then if you don't find it, how then can you have hope and expectation? Hope for the future and expectation for maybe the present or the near future, mm. where tomorrow could be as such a, 
an expected experience yep. where you could wake up and something had just happened and we just see it. And what do we see it as? We see it as stumbling in yeah, you've talked about to the blessing of all God. All the time, stumbling in. Always stumbling in. Instead of having expectation, like Moses said to the children of Israel, mm. you are going to leave today. Yep. Today you're coming out of bondage. Today I'm taking you on a journey. Today God is going to allow me to take, to take you to a place where you can worship him. Mm -hmm. And so what did he, he say to them? He said, get, a, get your belt on. Yep. You know? Yep. Get a Sandals. staff in your hand. Sandals on your feet. And sandals on your feet. Get ready. And they left with what? Nothing? No. They left with all the spoils of Egypt. They didn't go out or bent over. All that making of uh, bricks and such that they had to make with no hay that they had to find. God gave them everything to walk out of that, that, that bondage. That's a spiritual principle. He gave them everything to walk out of that bondage of Egypt, not just dragging their feet behind them. He gave them gold, he gave them everything, and he gave them strength because they were going on a journey across the Red Sea. So he wasn't going to let them drag themselves across there. He gave them everything they needed. What else did he give them? He gave them a cloud to cover them and protect them. And pastor... He gave them a fire, a pillar of fire by night where that kept the enemy away or any insect or any scorpion or anything because the fire would be there and the enemy wouldn't come close and the scorpions and the animals and the insects and all that would not come near that fire. And in the day he gave them a, a cloud to go by to walk under. You tell me that isn't something. Get your sandals on. Get your staff in your hand. Get your belt girded up around your, your waist because you're going on a journey today. You're going to be leaving bondage. You're going to be leaving and going to freedom. You're going to a place where you can worship me and I don't want you to go out empty-handed. You're going out with all the spoils of Egypt. Well, what's funny about this story is that for 400 years, the Israelites had self-taught. That's right. And then Moses, their deliverer, okay. gets before the burning bush and what does he do in the presence of God Almighty? He self-talks. He says, no, 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 not me. I'm not an eloquent speaker. You know what I'm saying? And so God had to deliver Moses right. of that before he could deliver the people. And it was actually their inward murmuring that kept them from going to the promised land. And the thing about self-talk is 
in a negative sense, when you do it so much, what is inward will always become outward. Yeah. So you might think, oh, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, that self-talk where you can be like, oh, shum, shum, like you know. Well, that's what... That's There's what many different types. His, his um, brother did. Yep. He, you know, he had that, um, what was it? The, the stutter. Impediment. Yep. The, the stutter. Well, when you're stuttering, you're talking to yourself. Yep. But it's funny because, it's funny because Moses was able to overcome the inward internal information about himself because he externally communicated it yep. with God Almighty. Yep. He said, don't send me. I've got, a, I've, got, I've got a problem speaking. He didn't keep it in. And when we come back from the break, I want to give you some science about what happens when you keep that energy of self-talk in. Because there are two forms, that two things that happens with that self-talk. Because self-talk is literally, if you break it down to biology, it's stress. So stress is either meant to be released or consumed. When we self-talk to ourselves, we consume it back on ourselves. I want to bring something else When out. we come to the Holy Spirit, we release it out. Wow, hit that one. So... I want to bring something to else out just quickly on that because the Lord just dropped. And that was when you self-talk inwardly, you stop the ability to be able to create. Mm. It was God spoke it out and created. When we <laughs> have... to tell us to go on a break. <laughs> when we have inward conversations with ourselves, we have no ability to create. Mm. All right, we're going to go on a two-minute break, let you digest all those things that we've just said, and then we're going to come back, and Sinead is going to ask us some questions. Hallelujah.
say this out loud okay because say it loud I I was about to say something else anyway I need to stop I'm self talking right now you see how that you see how that's happening y'all trying to set me up I see it wow if I say this it's gonna cost me what's gonna happen to me what's gonna happen to me if I say this I'm gonna be held accountable oh I'm getting you know the devil I'm gonna get rebuked or the devil will get to move where I can't. Right. But what I was going to say was confess the fact that I do self-talk. And so do you. I know you do. Um, but we I am. Do. I can say that I audibly self-talk. And as you were saying this, I literally did think I was like, well, I know God hears me, so I'm saying it. Even though I didn't, like, invite him into the conversation I'm just like, especially when I'm in the shower, I'm just like, just bobbing on, just having a good old time with my self-talk. But it is, it's true because then I, something you just said too, I I do, like I never have peace after the conversation, you know, with myself. And I would get so frustrated. It's like that mulling over. And especially if it's about people, it's just like, it goes nowhere. It just recycles, recycles. And I'm thinking about But it isn't mulling over. Right, and that's right. The, but that's it's what not, I was going to say earlier. It's was, not processing. Right, I believe the deception that I used to, be, I feel like I believe is that I'm trying to locate what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. So then Ooh. I start going into self-talking to be like, okay, Shanae, what are you actually feeling? And then I go into this whole cycle of trying to locate it myself. And I'm robbing the Holy Spirit from locating it within me from his perspective versus me trying to tell him like, okay, this actually is what's wrong and i located it and this is how i locate it how can you locate something that you don't know right that's the problem there we go (laughs) i think i know it all the the time without processing we spend time trying to locate and we don't spend enough time saying i don't know yeah it's not wrong to say i don't don't know know. the holy the word here what is the cure for self-talk Okay, there's no cure. But what is what is the Lord going to put in our hands when he takes it out? The word is exchange. Yeah. He wants you to exchange your internal information and bring it to him. He doesn't want you to stop. But he wants that would you mean to... that you don't get to actually feel. He wants you to say, Holy Spirit, this is what I'm feeling. Holy Spirit, this is what I'm seeing. Holy Spirit, you know, I'm feeling... I'm, 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 I'm considering this, Holy Spirit. And by doing that, you're, ex- you're creating a bridge for exchange of new information, which is mental health, because the same information makes you go crazy. And your voice, like Karen said, there's no interruption. So it's just you, you, you. Same information, same information. That's why you go insane. But let me say, 
before Karen wants to add something and maybe not. And Nathan said, Pastor Nathan said, exchange. And it, when you exchange something, something interchanges inside you. Now, those two things must take place. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Karen. So, because when you said about no one interrupts, uh, um, I said this, um, but, but God will interrupt because he doesn't like self-talk and he can interrupt your thoughts and not, and he can like show you the right path to it. After a while, he won't. He only interrupts when you yield to allow him yeah. to interrupt. So you're learning, what we're teaching you, me and mum, is when you feel certain things in that moment because you want to talk to yourself. We're teaching you, we'll say to you, no, yield what you're feeling and ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying. So That's you might right. feel like, you know, like if something, say with your brother Levi and you feel like, something's unfair and then the enemy might tell you that you're not as valuable to us as your brother that we or daddy's not being fair daddy's not being fair so what i'll tell you in that moment is no karen i understand what you're feeling now i don't we don't shut you down and say no 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 you don't feel that but we say but what is the holy spirit saying about what you're feeling and And when you do that you're yielding Mm. all of that self-talk in here to hear what someone else is saying about the thing. And then that's when you start to say, well, the Holy Spirit's telling me that, you know, I'm loved and I'm accepted. And you have a great journaling gift, so you go to the Lord and you journal. But you know what happens sometimes, and this is important for you to learn, and that is some, most of the time the enemy uses your voice. Because if you kept getting something said to you about daddy or mummy that would be accusing them, you would very quickly pick up who that was. But you see, what happens is the voice says, but that isn't fair. I didn't do anything wrong. And then it all becomes around self. So therefore, you don't recognise it as the enemy. You only recognise it as, well, that's my voice. Yeah, that isn't fair. But you see, when you sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you say, Holy Spirit, I don't feel it's fair. You see? And when you say it like that, you're giving a roadway for the Holy Spirit to go on to say, you know, I wouldn't let anything happen to you that wasn't fair. Yeah, sometimes I do do that. I just um, do stop, like, stop myself talking and, like, just say, no, that's not true because that's a lie from the enemy. That's right. It's very good. And you're at a very, very good age to develop a spiritual habit like that. But some people get into habits where they go so fast self-talking that they can't stop themselves. 
And then God has to allow over-exaggerated self-talk to expose what their heart is really feeling. Things that come up, they're like, and they start listening to themselves. Where'd that come from? I must be off. Where did that come from? What? You know, one minute, oh, I'm rejected. The next minute, I'm thinking of killing myself. And and the next one, it is one minute, I'm feeling rejected. Next minute, I'm angry and I'm accusing. And next minute, I'm saying I'm totally justified in the way I'm thinking. And then, of course, there's no conviction can come in. No repentance can take place. Not that it is ever going to take place when you're talking to yourself. It only comes because it's a fruit of the Spirit. So it can't come as the fruit of us. And something that Shanae said is really important is the voice of the Holy Spirit only comes through the door of peace. That's right. It never comes Not through, through the fear. door of anxiousness. And, he, and the Holy Spirit doesn't bounce from subject to subject. He stays, we say it all the time in the school, on one thread. So yep. this this is kind of a way for you to like expose what is really going on and find out because if you're bouncing from rejection to anger to fear to guilt to hopelessness to, you know, uh, like we said to you when your mum passed away, okay, grieve your mum but don't grieve life. That was a bounce. That was the enemy exposing himself because yeah. the bounce, the distance was too big. The Holy Spirit, because he doesn't want you to walk in anything He's not going to release anything into your heart that you're not going to live as your identity because he wants to be involved in everything experientially. So I think that's something that we can use as like a litmus test to be like, oh, wow, that self-talk just bounced me all over the place. Definitely wasn't counselling with you, Holy Spirit. So I know you want to add something. It's a great guide. It's a great, great, great way to kind of just check. Yeah, it's a great guidance. You you hear yourself. You bouncing, you ain't talking to Jesus. Just one thing, you can't talk to yourself, right? You shouldn't, but you certainly can hear yourself. And then if you start hearing yourself, it's not long before you know what you're doing. Mm. I was explaining as well to the, what do we call it, the cast? Um, I, I was one growing up that I, I never self-talked as far as I knew. But um, so just all those people who don't do that, you probably are thinking to yourself a lot, having all this conversation inside your head. You're not verbally saying it. So I, I realised that when I came here to New York as well. It's like I didn't realise I had all these thoughts going in and I was counselling myself and I was doing all this myself. I didn't realise that until all of a sudden, like what Pastor Nate's saying, the vomit just came out like, whoa, what was I thinking? So if you're not a verbal person that way, realise the conversation that is happening in your head. But through the courses that we did, like abiding in Christ and having that relationship with the Lord and um, communion with God and all that stuff, it taught me to talk to the Holy Spirit, but then I decided to do it verbally instead. So it's like my conversation to my which would normally be to myself, I learned to do it to the Holy Spirit first instead because I'm one, I don't like to say something that I don't believe or know is true. So I try to not say anything, even the thoughts that are going on in my head. I battled with it this week as well. Just I didn't want to say anything in my conversation with the Holy Spirit that I didn't believe. 
but I had something that I knew was the truth, but the lies were hitting me a a against a situation or a person. But I didn't want to even speak it out because, like, even what you're saying with Karen, the power of your words, when you start to speak it, you it starts to go in and believe it. And I didn't even want to say that stuff that I didn't believe. So it's like I was, like, purposefully talking to the Holy Spirit but not speaking the lies the enemy was saying. I just wanted to get the truth out of what was happening, what I didn't understand, what was confusing. I just had to have the Holy Spirit speak to me instead. So I was careful with my words, even with the Holy Spirit, not to speak the lies that was trying to hit me in my head. Yeah. So it was Very true. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't think that they're self-talking if they're self-thinking. Yeah, right. that was very. But that can be even more self dangerous. Self-talking is self-thinking. I think it's worse because you're not verbally hearing the junk. So if you're self-thinking, mm. it's it. You don't. There's definitely no check what, going on. Uh, what if I made a really extreme statement? The Holy Spirit doesn't want you having a thought pass by your head without His involvement. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. That, no, no that, that's, that's a real one. <laughs> that's a hard one. Hard. I know Pastor Robin. No, that's the real. Has that's the real definitely, deal. Um, and I've seen this in life experience, you know, perfected that. Because but I've that, seen her. That's the real deal. I've seen her be walking through a lot of like trials and temp, like rest, testing places. And e you can even see in her head. She's thinking, but she's having a conversation yeah. with the Lord, yeah. you know. And um, something that's really important is why is that? Because Pastor brought out before the beginning about creation and the creative ability of our thoughts. Yeah. You know, and here's, like, I want to give a really, really, like, powerful example of, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Who are you talking to? Yeah. When you're self-talking, yeah. Let's let's dissect this. You're talking to the pseudo you, aka your ego. Yeah, you're AKA talking. Aka yeah, the part of you that got washed away yeah. when you went down under those waters of baptism. Yeah, the part of you that got crucified when he yeah. was on the cross. So no wonder why when you self-talk. You hear nothing back because it's dead. Yeah, yeah. And the only part of you, you're meant to be dead. Come on, get that mug from Talk Store. You're dead. You're dead. So how can you talk to yourself if you're dead? Because you got to talk to something that's alive. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the only one in you that fuses himself to you through communion and he brings your spirit alive because he's alive. Because that's Jesus' life in you. So if you're talking to yourself talking in to real essence, person. okay, in real essence, uh, we can say talking to yourself, but who's talking through you? If you're dead and you're not supposed to be talking, then who is talking through you? Then you need to see this. Because we have convinced ourselves, I'm telling you presumptuously, we have convinced ourselves that it is God talking to us or we're talking God. You can't, I'm sorry, you can't talk God unless you acknowledge God. It's a gem. 
Include him in the conversation. Exchange. Include him in the conversation. Karen has a question. Uh, and then she Shanae has, has a, a question, question and then Shania has one. But that's important. Mm -hmm. Acknowledgement is the only way you can know who you're talking to. Yeah, you can't talk. What did you say? You can't talk from to God, to without, God acknowledging without including God. him. Uh. Yeah, and he has to be in the beginning of the conversation, not in the middle. Yeah. Go for it. So my question was, um, is it okay if you talk to God in your head? Of course. Of course. What Nana just said is the powerful thing. You always acknowledge God in the conversation that you're having inside your heart. So you say the Holy Spirit, Lord, Jesus, Father. And by doing that, you don't create what Daddy calls those invisible boundaries of isolation where the Holy Spirit can't get through. So you can say, Lord, I'm feeling like this. God, help me. I'm feeling like this. I believe this. God, I don't see this. Yeah. By doing that, you're doing what David did, and you're having an internal conversation with more than just one party. Mm. Yeah. It would, he was talking from his uh, perception. Yep. And so that he, was, he was talking to, the, to God about his perception. So he wasn't just talking to himself. Because that would have been a waste of time. Right. He wouldn't have got an answer. So by talking to God about his perception, God could say, hey, your perception's off. Right. I know we, I don't know if we touched on this in the sub portal or uh, just in general as we were unpacking self-talk. But I'm just thinking of how it's self-talk also isolates you. Because then yeah. you get confident that you are hearing the deception, God, by yourself. And then it does lead you in paths of, you know, going, thinking you're moving on God's word. But it's all been self-talk all along because you've never bounced it off of anyone to challenge it. But we also talked about sort of, I don't want to say justifications of self-talk, but uh, we were talking about like having an imaginary friend when you're young. Yeah, that I was did. was a sign. Yeah. And that that was very that was very helpful for me. I thought, yeah, right. coping mechanism. It was very dangerous for me because it was taking me on a road of delusion, mm -hmm. where I could have uh, been talking to John Lennon. I could have been talking to mm -hmm. anyone and done anything. Right. And but I think that's what children do. They have this imaginary friend when they start talking to themselves and then the demons start talking back. Right. And self-talk can lead you into fantasy too because I, I feel like I've been led into fantasy through self-talk trying to conjure up a promise or a word that I've gotten to try to get a visual. Maybe and to was, move God. Yeah, and I, I've been like trying to mull, uh, again, this mulling over of, okay, the Lord said this, okay, what can it look like, okay? And I'm self-talking a fantasy into a picture that God is not even producing. Yeah, because here's the key, and we talked on this a little bit in our sub-portal before we started. See, that's a really in important thing that you just said, because a lot of people will think that that is actually talking with the Holy Spirit about their I'm future trying. or their prophetic word, and what you used a very good word, fantasy. Fantasy is pictures in your mind yeah. that are never going to come true. That's right. So we, we, we self-talk ourselves into those fa fa fantasy pictures, right? But the key here is 
how do you know the difference between that vision and fantasy? Vision is always birthed by faith, and faith is always birthed by belief. So faith spends more time talking in here about what you believe than what you will accomplish. Okay? So, and that's a really, really important thing because a lot of people think faith wants to straightaway move into do. But it never moves into do. It no. always deals with belief. Because it's not your doing. It's That's his right. doing. Right. It's a finished work. Yeah. Your faith has nothing to do Here's with what's going to happen. the key. The key word is finished work. Yep. Why are you asking him to finish a work he's already finished? And half our self-talk is trying to convince God to get on our side. Yeah, and finish the work. What can I do to get God to bless me? Today. What can I do to get God to I finish the work? To align. This is what we do as believers. What can I do to align with my prophetic word today? Oh my God. What, what, can, what appointment can <laughs> I set up to open a destiny door? Who can I meet that might be my potential husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the subway yeah. or on a wife, you know? And this is all coaching ourselves in what we think we are is a faith talk. There's no doubt about not. it. We are coaching. We are coaching ourselves with our own yep. conversation. We are definitely coaching ourselves with our own conversation. Yep. And it, 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 it's a, how can you coach yourself to finish something that God's already finished? Wouldn't you be better to listen to what he has to say about the finished work? And this is what faith will deal. Hit if it. you wake up in faith, faith will talk to you about the work already being done. done. Not what you have to do to make the done. work be done. So faith will talk to you about Hit your it. identity in Christ, the finished work. And then faith will sit with that. It won't move into action and quickly. And then faith will show you something. It'll spend time meditating. And, and then you will be shown something that you can physically hold on to and then hope arises and then you go on a journey of expectation because you're leaving a place of bondage into a place of freedom. I said to Pastor, I said to, and I think this is a really important, I love to bring out the power of the Scriptures. I'm learning the power of the Scriptures. We've read it so many times, but we don't understand its context. And studying Hebrew, I encourage everyone, studying with a great man, I can give you the name. But this Scripture, we always quote it, those that wait upon the Lord. Yeah. Right? This is really important because I said the word meditate there. Right? So faith spends time meditating on belief more than action. Now, that word meditate <laughs> in that scripture is really, really powerful because it's the Hebrew word hit boden. And it literally means, let me paraphrase, those that wrap themselves around the Lord continually in every moment shall renew their strength. Now, we thought, okay, those that wait upon the Lord, we thought it's like this, those that... God, I'm waiting. I'm not doing anything. I'm believing in faith. I'm just waiting for you to show up and do it. No, no, no. It's 
I'm going to wrap myself around you. I'm going to wrap all my identity around you and you're going to wrap yourself around me, Holy Spirit. And then expectations We're going to exchange, like Pastor Robin said, and then we're going to interchange. And what that means is now the scripture says, they shall rise up on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not grow faint, right? They shall run and not be weary. So it's not like, and this is our version of waiting on the Lord. Okay, Lord, I'm waiting. Today might be the day that that you fulfill your word. But that, that sort of nope. stance, nope. listen, is the opposite of rising up and not fainting. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's the opposite. In other words, it wears you out. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. No, um, it was interesting. I love that you were saying it's the belief that is is the goal in the way, not the action. Because obviously we have that example in Abraham, like he kept believing and believing. He never saw the completion of what the Lord had promised him, but he died believing it, knowing it, even though he thought he was meant to see it. But then even um, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago, then they feel that lack of fulfillment. They want, like they have this word of what their life is meant to look like. They've always had the desire, it's what it's meant to look like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like living for that, picture to happen. Lack. <laughs> there it is there. Yeah. Lack is the beginning of the self-talk. Yeah, well, there we go. See, we keep saying this. I, oh, I lack my future. I lack my... Start oh, focusing on what's been done. That's what I'm and saying. And not what you lack. I was, I, I'm like thinking... Can I just say this? I've got to say this. Or a half full I've got to say this. What are you taking to you with you when you go? Exactly. You ain't taking anything you've done. No. You're taking everything you believe. Yeah. Because that's what's going to be resurrected with you. In you. Exactly. Not in you. It's not, you're not taking what's on the outside of you. You're only interested. taking what's in you. The emotions, that, that place. It's exactly the right. kingdom emotions. What you let conquer, how you let him be Lord of in here. There are so many Christians, and I'm not making judgments, but they're going to get to that day where they're going to stand before the Lord. And these powerful Christians that have done amazing things on this earth outwardly, but the Father is going to look and say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And that means you didn't let me do it inwardly. You got up on the platforms, you had the, you know, the influence, you had the fame, you had the say, you had the great opportunities, you had the great wealth, but you never believed it. And pastor, the finished work of the cross is not your, in your mind, the finished work that you're going after. This is, this is it. And so... So I want you to know he's only interested in the finished work that's been done. And that's already done. That's done. Okay, so why would you be focusing on something that you want finished, which would be in competition with what he's already finished? During Connect Group, we had came up with this this idea and I said to the girls I said why is it that we always set goals right for like to attain something but we never set the goal to actually uh, of a promise like we were talking about how the scripture says you know you may have abundant life 
why isn't that what we look forward to versus trying to get the superficial portion of the abundant life? Because even that's a gamble. You don't know if you're going to get the superficial version. At least we can at least, you know, set our eyes on the scriptures, which said he promised us an abundant life. You know what I mean? But you only can only can have that abundant life if you're not competing against it. Right, right, right. This is it. This is it. See, are you, uh, I had a statement that the Lord just dropped in me. I have an opinion. Yeah, an keep, opinion keep going, is against back. God. This is it. I'm telling this you. This is you, it. We think our opinion is helps God. It works to help me help God or it can help the situation. But it's in actual against God because he's already done the work. So he doesn't want you to have an opinion on it at all. And, and something I had to debunk here, I'm learning this, this. It blew my mind when this statement was said. Faith is not your intellectual agreement with God to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, okay, Lord, I agree that you should do it. No, that's, not, that's your that's, opinion. That's your opinion. And let's talk about invisible boundaries. That will be the thing that limits God the most. Yeah. Can we your get, ability to agree. He is going what? You, 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 you agree with, with God me Almighty to do it? Who do you think you are? It's already been done. It's already been done. Now I have to spend more time breaking down your power to agree than your power to believe. Okay, let's ask your daughter something. She wants to answer. I have to just say that because well, that's what we think Wonderful. faith is. We think it's intellectual agreement and it's literally those invisible boundaries that stop us the most, not the devil. It's not the devil. It's us. It's opinion. Like Dr. Robin just said, it's opinion. Go for it, Karen. Sorry, Daddy got on a roll. So um, when you guys were telling, um, like, the self-talk um, talk with um, fulfillment, I was um, thinking of my statement earlier. When you think... A yes, statement? Okay. It's a good word. I like it. Um, when, when I said, um, when, like, God said a promise to you and you're waiting for it to happen and it doesn't happen yet and you're, like, um, like you're self-talking to yourself... And like, you're not talking to God because you're like you're scared that something might happen to you or He might um, deal with you or something. Oh, so a fear, fear that if we talked about talk to God about something that we that should happen and it hasn't happened, we don't want to talk to God because we fear our God for something. Yep. That's what I was wondering when I was talking to this person. It's like, yeah. wait, you're trying to believe and you're having the faith to believe for this vision that you have, but what's your belief of God then? Is your belief that he's holding it back from you? He's keeping it away? Yes. Are you believing that you've done something yes. wrong to have it not happen? Like Then, yeah. then your belief yes. of God must be not where it should be because well it's not so much our belief of god it's our belief that god has finished the work mm. i want to read something that i wrote um about this and give us a, a portal we're gonna Bang. we're gonna um we're gonna process it with dr robin later on about the steps about gathering evidence but i want you to just listen to this 
It says, uh, it says here, on the contrary, intellectual consent has nothing to do with trusting God. Now, that statement will challenge us, but it's a challenge we need to face. Intellectual consent is more about trusting self than it is trusting God. Mm. Through my intellectual consent, I give myself to the word because I trust, sorry, um, through intellectual consent, we don't give ourselves to the word because we trust God or his wisdom. Here it is. Instead, we give ourselves to the fact that what God says seems to agree with our understanding of it. Let me read that again. Disagreement. We give ourselves to the fact that what God says seems to agree with our understanding of it. So it's like the Lord saying, I'm going to do this. And you're like, yeah, Lord. I agree. I can see you doing that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Lord, um, I think that's the best way to do it. And I think that we should do it this way. And it's, it's this conversation that's not even of the Holy Spirit. Then we go off from talking to ourselves to having an opinion and then eventually we agree, you know. As, yeah, I can help you with this, Lord. Yeah, I, I can make this one work. We can do yep. it this way. And this conversation loses control, loses control. So I'll finish this because it's going to bring in the tie-in. It says, um, yeah, so through intellectual consent, we give ourselves to the, wor- to the word because we don't give ourselves to the word because we trust in God or his wisdom. Instead, we give ourselves to the fact that it seems to agree with our understanding or opinion, i.e., we go back to feeding our ego. Because it fits into our heads, we feel safe with it. The problem with this, however, is that it is a mere intellectual pursuit. Therefore, we could be easily swayed. Here we go. We could be easily swayed by a greater argument that agrees with what we feel at the time. It's all about feeling. So we give ourselves to what we agree with what we feel at the time, but when counter evidence comes along to say that this is what we should believe, we give ourselves to that. So the example of that can be, well, you know, let me use extreme examples. We could say, well, I'm saved. I feel so saved today. But then counter-evidence presents. uh, Yeah. And then tomorrow, hang on a minute, I don't even know if I'm saved anymore. Here's the counter-evidence. I'm saved, I'm saved. You go out. Oh, yes. You fall into some kind of sin. And that's when we turn around and say, tomorrow, I I don't know if I feel saved anymore. And I don't know if uh, God wants to save me anymore. But hang on a minute, he's already saved you. There it is. So here, this is not really trusting God with all your heart. It's more trusting information that aligns with your agreement yep, at the time. There it is, the information when something is something else looks more appealing or reasonable, we change our minds and cling to that, i.e. hit Bowden, wrap yourself around it. So in order to get his peace, in order to get his counsel, we talk about no self-isolation. There's a godly self-isolation. It's called meditating with the Holy Spirit. You have to, because meditate literally means to self-isolate, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to separate yourself from your self-talk, your opinion, and you have to wrap yourself around him. You have to become engulfed in what he feels, what he's saying about your life, what he's saying about the work already being done. 
And you have to get rid of that false, oh, I have to do it. Let me continue. The truth is that faith is not about information. It is about the character and dependability of the one who provides the information. We're not putting our trust in God's ability to perform something. We're putting our trust in God. But we have fallen short, and myself included. And we put, put our trust in, in God who has already performed this is it. it. This is it. So therefore, obedience to the word grows because this word is my character. Here it is. Here it is. Here's the word. His word, his opinion is my shared opinion. We, we exchange in our conversation now his opinion is my opinion. There is no other way. I'm circumcised. I'm totally, totally incapable of thinking any other way. It's not a competition. Circumcision in another form of the Hebrew word means highly sensitive. So when you're circumcised, obviously you've become very <laughs> sensitive because that area down there becomes very vulnerable. But when you're sensitive, you're not able to get up and do things as quickly. So the self-work becomes a little less because you're sensitive. Now you have to rely on another person to be able to do things. But here's Jesus saying, I've already done it all. So all you've got to do is just in that sensitivity, release the finished work. And just... just Agree with it. Yeah, just lie back and receive Agree it. with it. Yeah. But the thing comes down to this, and this is where I want to add something into this. This... This word expectation, it's a very, very important word. A very important word because it certainly speaks of faith and risk and all those things and hope. But expectation, you can wrap yourself around. You can. Okay? It's, it has a, a, a sense of meaning let's put it this way it has a sense of meaning sometimes even more than say hope and faith and risk they all have their place in god's kingdom but expectation it just opens something more up it's like what you said i'm expecting yeah. it's i'm receiving you said I'm going to leave bondage today and walk in freedom. And I can receive that because I'm on this journey, like I said with Diane, I'm on this journey and I'm expectant something is going to happen. I'm expectant that something's going to give. I'm expectant, whereas... When we say it, and, you know, it's a great word, hope, I'm hopeful something's going to happen. I'm in faith that something's going to happen. But that word, ex I risk if something's going to happen. But that word expectation has a zing to it. That's zing. all I can say. It has a zing because God used it. He told them, be expectant. And he gave them evidence of that, that expectation. He said, okay, not only get ready for it, 
But he says, now I'm going to give you all the spoils of Egypt. So the spoils of Egypt started coming in. The neighbours that they had made room in their home for, for, the, for God to come in and meet them in their heart, they started coming in and wanting to go on the journey. Are you hearing this? And then on top of that, they stood up. How could they carry the spoils of Egypt if they were humpback? Exactly right. How could they if by doing all the hard work that they had done to make bricks without hay, that they were bent over and couldn't carry all the spoils of Egypt. That meant they didn't just get a few little bits of silver and gold. They were laden with it. Yeah, wow. you got to see that. Expectation has a life that just, it's like a zing. There's something. Just like when I said to Diane, I said, where is your expectation? Mm. Mm. She said, well, I've been offered this job Mm. and I can believe it's a journey. I can expect a journey out of this. And I said, that's it. See, she could have said, I've got faith. Yes, Uh, I've got hope. You know, I'm even risking, but she didn't. She said, I can expect something because mm. she grabbed a hold of evidence through expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about this evidence on the process, so make sure you go watch it. It's going to be called Gathering Evidence. It's going to be a very, very inform, like informed session on helping you to solidify heart belief because is your heart condemning you? That is the question. Do you really believe what you confess? Because when you don't believe what you confess inwardly, your heart condemns you. And that's when you start to look for evidence to kind of find. To prove. To prove, you know. And Luke says, be careful that your heart doesn't condemn you. And this is a really big thing to do with self-talk. We talked about it in the start. And this faith in God, faith of God, dynamic. Yeah. So a pastor's touching on, which I shared with her about what I learned about the faith of God and how the Lord in his heart had to expect seeing the world formed before he formed it. Yeah. He couldn't just speak it. And the problem is that a lot of believers are speaking what they haven't seen yes. formed in here. And they haven't got expectation wrapped around None. them. None. They're not wrapping themselves around expectation in believing to see. And here's a key scripture here. It says, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, the words of Jesus here make a direct connection between the heart and the tongue. So this is really important. The heart will always reflect the state of its health in your tongue. That will be your thermometer. Yeah. For your heart's temperature. Yeah. Whoa. Do I have a fever at the moment spiritually in my heart? Because I just said some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. That'll be a litmus test. I love to give these little tidbits. That's where you go, whoa, okay. Heart's reflecting its health. 
Here comes the abundance of my heart. And that's when you go back. And now here's the key. What's this all self-talk to do with? Not your belief about God, your belief about you. Yes. It's all about self-identity. And we keep coming back to this. The Lord is interested in who you think you are. And can I bring something that is a, a real key to that comes out with self-talk, okay? Um, when we're trying to counsel someone or to encourage someone, we'll, we'll often say, Pastor, ask the Lord to let you hear yourself. Yep. And so we don't hear ourselves, right? And so therefore... We continue on with this self-talk. But one of the keys is asking God to help you hear yourself because you will begin to, begin to hear. You will have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and what you're saying. I think we can take a quick break. Yeah, here. for sure. Just a few seconds. Yeah, and then we'll come back and wrap and, up. Yes, and let's regroup and wrap this thing up. I do have some questions, but we'll ask see them. what happens. Ask them. We'll come back on the break. Okay. And we'll ask some questions. Okay. Don't talk to yourself. Just stay, stay with us, okay? Talk to your neighbor. Don't talk to yourself, and we'll be right back.
lost our people but okay it's still some of us here they're not talking to themselves guys they just had to go do some things they're not talking oh. to themselves not at all Wrong not word. at all Sorry. um they're gathering evidence they're gathering evidence <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. the evidence we gather <laughs> some lively evidence yes okay you have some questions so yes i have questions because you know the people wasn't able to join us today for a live audience, however, comma. Which I think, I believe from the Holy Spirit, this well, one needs one. to be listened to. Yes. Too many focus of asking questions. Right. You're going to have to listen to this one a couple of times. And you don't really listen. You're right. just yeah. looking at the next thing you can say. Yeah, that's not Exactly. Listening. You're yeah. picking it apart and uh, self-talking th- Don't do that. How don't can this it. agree with my opinion? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, how geez. can I agree with it? How can I agree with what they're saying so that I can believe it? Yeah. Oh, my God. That how can I confirm it? It's not fake. That's going to land soon. It's a big, big, big thing that, that God agreement. is trying Ugh. to show his people. Okay. That he is a God of Look it up word. in the Greek. Agreement and belief are not the same word. No. Just put that out there. And listen. <laughs> no, no, we will leave it. But you know no, what? No, people think believe is agree. They do. But, but I know that. Jesus didn't yeah. say agree with me. No. He said believe in me. No. But do you know that uh, we, we don't see that God is a God of his word? Yes. We don't see it. Yes. And that's what he's trying to teach us. I'm beginning to If you to want a teaching learn. moment, that's what it is. I'm beginning to learn that about the Lord, just a personal testimony. Religion has painted him as somebody that he is not. 
That he's not a god yeah. of this word. His intention is like, I mean, what I learned just alone about, I shared on Open Eyes with the team as we were packing out, you know, about generational curses. He's not someone that wants to deliberately visit a generational curse on someone. It's because of our choice and cellular imprinting and us being formed in our mother's womb as we're being formed, so are the emotions yeah. that get attached. So that really helped me because I've always thought, okay, if you love me, why would you allow a curse yeah. to be, you know, because the blood of Jesus is bigger than anything. Put on you know? your life. And yeah. it's, so I don't want to sidetrack there, but I, I agree with Dr. Robin. He is a man of his word. God is a God of his a word. A God of and, his word. And when you, when you do these things, you're literally challenging and questioning yeah. that. Just stop being about his word and be in his word. Because about his word is intellectual pursuit. Yeah. In his word is abiding lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go for it. No, it's okay. You guys can support all day if you want. Anywho, I have about a few questions. One, I would like to kind of, if we can, I did not ask this in the cell portal, but I have a note about it, which is the belief system. I think um, through our deliverance ministry, we have been encountering the Lord highlighting what is creating our belief system. So if you may kind of unpack in the realm of self-talking, uh, how belief systems, you were saying they're invisible boundaries, and there's also the belief system of the heart that is also gauging from different areas. But how do we keep a healthy belief system, in other words, and how do we, like, manage that in yeah. a sense of... So I think this will lead into, again, I'm going to plug at the process, but you're going to ask questions. Here's a statement that you'll need to watch the process to understand, but I'm just going to drop it. Whatever has the most evidence will be what you believe. Yeah. And you'll live by that. I'll say it again. Whatever has the most evidence will be what your heart clings to, to believe. Because and it's going to take... Live in that. Here comes the biology. Here comes the psychology. It takes internal information and it processes it. Now, internal information has to be processed, the right and side and the left side. Yeah. So the internal information comes in through logic, yeah. reason, rationality, but it has to be mixed with emotion, right yeah. side. And that's a fallacy that psychologists are teaching today. There's no such thing as a left or right brain. There is. God created two hemispheres for a reason. Yeah. It's a worldly, demonic mindset. And I'm sorry if you don't agree, but I can give you scripture. I can give you theoretically backed basis that and science. So psychologists today are changing their mind on everything. I mean, in 1960, homosexuality was considered a mental disorder. Yeah. So I don't go by what the science says today. I go by what the Word of God says and by established actual truth. All right? So that's important to understand because we take that inter internal information with the left side, we process it with emotion. Information plus emotion creates belief. See what I said? Information plus emotion creates belief. So that's the belief system. There's the belief. Whatever you give more evidence to in your heart will be the thing that you b believe the most. I and I can't. just to make sure that you hear this, you will live in that. Yeah, it'll become your identity. Because remember, the Very heart is so. only capable of living in the expressed identity of what it this believes moment. in the moment. In the moment, right now. And what that... 
let me break that down. What that means is we all have an identity that we want to reach in Christ. Yeah. Mm. But why aren't you living that identity? I have that same question. Because your heart can only live in what you believe in this moment. Is your identity right now? Not now. Not was, not will be, now. Now. Present day. No. Sorry, continue. Wow. I'll give you a gym. It's good stuff. I just want to give you the breakdown so that it's Very not like good stuff. over your head. Right. That, no, that's that why it good. has to be real for me today. And this is what we're trying to show you is the evidence. Yeah. Can't be that's real for me yesterday. No. Can't be someone else's. It has Can't to be Can't be real for me tomorrow if it's not real for me for today. Me now. So I can believe it now. If I believe it now, then my heart can say, ah, oh, I can identify with that now. Here goes the word identify. I can identify with that now as my new reality. And so it's not a word like I can persuade myself. Nope. It's I can identify. Identify is another word like expectation. <gasps> it has power and life in it. And what happens, it produces something. It produces persuasion, doesn't produce Ooh. anything. That is a good word. That's hit me in the guts. Now, listen to me. If you can see that, okay, then you can wrap yourself around that, you see, and you can wrap that around you and you can start to live in that little by little today. You can do it little by little today. We're not telling you to take a giant step. No, just keep wrapping yourself around it bit by bit. Engulf yourself in it. So the more you engulf yourself in it, the more the little steps become a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. What is the goal? To reach expectation and, and trust and hope and faith. Do you understand? That's the goal. And we say goal as in, not as in goal. Like no. We say that is your hope. Yeah. S hoped for. Yeah. Hope is something that you cannot help but respond to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wasn't meaning yeah. a goal. No, 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 but like we have to say that because yeah. people get hope Anticip and they don't respond yeah, to it. Yeah, I wasn't talking about getting yeah. some sort of ambition no. or anything. No, I'm talking about a goal, yeah. something to reach. It's a picture. It's a, yes. it's a. It's something that you aspire to have, and not through fear of missing out, through godly inspiration. And it's like evidence. Okay. And the Lord allows that little bit of evidence, then a little bit more evidence that you can cling to and hold on. That's not lack of faith. That's not doubt and unbelief. That's God wanting you to believe so much you're looking for the evidence, but you don't look out of unbelief. This is it. Ask your next question. And, gotta, and you don't believe out of being persuaded. I've got to, I've got to just chew that one over. That word persuasion is persuasion. a bad word. Ugh. The Holy Spirit never persuades you. Right. Convinces you, convicts you. Yeah. You and persuade counsels you. Counsels you. A wonderful counselor. Come on. All right. Next question. Here we go. My next question was. How do we 
expect of God and not expect of the results from God. How do we expect of God? And not, we, how do we expect from God and not depend on the results? Yes, that's a beautiful way to word it. Well, ask if, uh, I'm asking this for a reason. Ask your other question first because I believe it will lead into yeah. my, the full answer. Yes, and my other mm-hmm, question was how do we expect God and not the outcome? Is That was like. And we expect God. And then the other question about evidence. Oh, what evidence of, oh, the, sorry, yes. Here it is. What evidence of expectation should we look for when things are quiet and there's no circumstantial, you know, things to draw from? Okay. Prime example, you yeah. got a word. There's nothing that you can see with your naked eye happening circumstantially. So I believe, as believers, and I know for myself, there an insecurity starts to draw in, and I tend to not want to, I tend to not know what to do, and I ultimately end in giving up on it. Okay, can I stop? Sure. Here we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You said, give me word for word the question, because in it, you will you will see. Straight oh, away, the yeah, Holy Spirit will reveal something to you straight away. Oh, Say geez. the question again. What evidence mm-hmm. of expectation should we look for mm-hmm. when there is, isn't any circumstantial thing to draw from? <laughs> okay. Here's, my, here's something that I really believe people need to grab on. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Mm-hmm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Yes. Not Not seen. seen. Right. You're looking for evidence on the wrong plane. You're looking for evidence you can see. All the time. That's not the evidence you're meant to be looking for. We're talking about their heart has eyes. You need to find evidence in an unseen realm. Yeah. Where do you find that evidence? The finished work of the cross. Yeah. And see, you're looking for evidence yeah. of the do. Yeah. Where's the your law? You're more looking for fulfillment. Yes. But yes. you can't get fulfillment until you remember the evidence of what's been done. And this is what a lot of Christians mix up. Right. I want to see fulfillment of the word. But when you go before a judge and you present a case, you have to bring evidentiary support before you can even come to the judge to bring your case. The judge won't even consider it as a trial until you have enough evidence to support your claim. But all these believers, including myself, I've done it so many times, we're looking for fulfillment and we don't see the evidence of what's been done. What's that mean? God is not interested in your physical evidence to confirm his word. Right, right. He's not. He's interested in a unseen faith is the substance of things hoped for, expectation. Unseen. The things, the evidence of things unseen. Not seen. Here's the simple answer. Yeah. You're looking for evidence of things seen. And to generate belief. Can I go even even into something? Go for it. That's that's where where the problem is. But 
what is the uh, intention here? What is God's intention here? See, we know your intention, but what's God's intention? God's intention is to show you where you're not living. This is it. Where you're not living. And all you want to see is where you could be living. Oh, my. You cannot see where you could be living until you see where you're not living. I think that's the finish of it, Pastor. Just one more question, and I think it leads into what we just said. So the next question, which was about outcome. Yes. How do we expect God and not the outcome? Well, you will always expect the outcome when you live on this level. Yeah. You will only ever expect his personality, character, and being as a whole when you live on this level, the unseen level. We keep telling people it's that fifth dimension living. Now, that's not heebie-jeebie. What that means is, let me apply it daily. Lord, did you die for this? Yes. Did you raise? Did you rise for this? Yeah. Yes. Did you ascend for this? Yes. Yes. Am I seated with you right now for this very situation? Yes. You too. I just disconnected my mic. Hello. 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 Muted there. Hello. 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 Wow, we got excited. We got excited. We got excited. Hallelujah. 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 Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can we? No, I'm not there yet. Can you hear me? Almost, almost. Yeah, not there yet. What about now? Hallelujah, what about now? There we go. There it is. Now, I want to say this to you, and I think this is the final thing. We concentrate too much on we. God's purpose is not about we. It's about him. And... He will show you evidence only because it's all about him. So you're saying, your last statement was, read it again and I'll explain it to you. Uh, How do we expect God and not the outcome? Because you're looking at you in the outcome. When you're looking at God in the outcome, then you will see the outcome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. So concentrate on where you're living, okay? Because where you're living will be very important. Are you living where he's living? Is it being done or is it done? Yeah. God bless. Wow, that was good. That was good. Amen. That was so good. It was so good. I should close the people out with a song. (laughs) A song? Oh, no, please. End, 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 please. No, that's the only time. Right. It's the only time (laughs) Collision will agree to sing a Kalai song. I've seen the evidence of your goodness. We sang this song during our connection. I kid you not. We were talking about evidence. All right, let's three of us do it. Okay, all right, ready? Two, three. Wait, you take the top, I'll take the bottom, and you take the middle. Okay. All right. Okay, you start. So I can. Okay, ready? Okay, you guys are ready. 
That's the answer. That's the That's answer. That's the answer. The answer, not the evidence of the circumstances, yeah. not the evidence of the situation, uh-uh. not the evidence of you or people, but the evidence of his goodness Amen. all over your life. God bless you. Thank you for watching, listening. This has been a great 